Hi guys, welcome back to Alamat, where we translate and narrate Philippine myths, urban legends, and horror stories to share with the world. This week, we will be continuing the stories shared by Ermitanyo. This story was shared to Ermitanyo by Joff after Harold shared his story. And without further ado, let's begin. I cleaned myself up and I changed into a pair of fresh pants. Both Harold and Joff were still laughing. I told them that I'm not amused while shaking my head. I tried to change the topic. Nice story, sir, I said while stroking the bald part of my head. If I am going to see a white lady tonight, I'm going to take her home, I haughtily remarked. Both of them looked at me and rolled their eyes. What? I asked, but they just laughed. The sun shower had stopped by then. It rained hard while the sun shined brightly, which was strange. Joffrey jokingly said that the devil might be beating his wife. I smiled when he said this, not because I found it funny, but because I did not understand what that actually means. After a while, we stepped out of the vehicle and took our belongings. I noticed that the surroundings were already dark, although the sun had not yet set. The rainforest on Mount San Cristobal gives you a dark and mysterious vibe with its moss-covered ancient trees and gloomy fog. We stumbled across a terrifying sign that warned us that the region is haunted by spirits and that we must always be cautious. I noticed that the sign was hanging on a balletta tree. Joff scoffed and said he was sure that it had been placed there by locals just to frighten visitors and to make the mountain more eerie. Frightened? I don't know the meaning of the word. If that's what they want, then they have already failed. I shook my head and looked at Joff to make sure that he would not scare me again because I'm already wearing my last pair of pants. Harold and Joff were looking at me and were about to laugh. Desperate times calls for desperate measures, I said to myself. I picked up a stone on the ground and flung it at the sign. When the stone collided with the sign, it shattered in half. Harold cautioned me to not do it again, since I might harm some of the entities that lives there. Deep inside, I was seriously bothered at what I did, so I just remained silent. I saw the seriousness on his face when he said that. Harold attempted to lighten the mood by cracking a joke while eating some more sweet potato. What is the difference between falling from a mountain peak versus falling from the roof of a house, Harold said. Joff and I looked at each other and replied in unison, What? If you fall from the mountain, the sound is, Ah! Ah, ah, thud. But if you fall from the roof of the house, it's thud. Ah, ah. Harold laughed while picking his nose. I held my non-existing hairline, since I did not understand his punchline, while Joff scratched his head and then laughed. I heard the same joke again, he remarked. The place had already been blanketed in darkness, so we relied on a campfire that Joff had lit. 
I roasted some meat over the fire. Harold devoured some meat while I was still cooking it. Medium rare? I inquired. Oh, is this not yet well done? Harold wondered, but kept chewing the meat. It tastes good. Anyway, do you want another joke? He asked. Joffrey offered to tell a story while we sat around the campfire, hoping to stop our leader from cracking another corny joke. Harold, who was busy eating, gave Joffrey a thumbs up. Joffrey sat comfortably, plunged his knife on the ground, and proceeded to narrate his story. The story happened a few weeks before Harold's story. Remember when he mentioned earlier that I wasn't able to join the Boy Scout camping because I was hospitalized? I paused and looked at Irwin. Irwin nodded while Harold was finishing his meal. This is what really happened. Ever since I was young, I was already the adventurous type. I'm outgoing and very active, and I was very carefree back then. I've never been bullied, maybe partly because my father was an active policeman at the time. One time, we went to our province in Sagada, Mountain Province. The place was famous for its hanging coffins in the Eku Valley, which is one of the spookiest places in the world. That place is a blend of nature, culture, and tradition. The hanging coffins of Echo Valley stands out among the mountain peaks and other natural panoramas for their ominous aspect. The hanging coffins, either tied or nailed to the sides of the cliff, are placed above the ground and are the unique burial ritual of the Igorot tribe, an indigenous group living in the region. Others are only a few years old, while others are around 2,000 years old. Together with a few friends, we decided to go camping near the coffins, defying the warning of our parents. We were warned that the spirits may haunt us if we disrespect the area. To get to the hanging coffins, we needed to pass through a cemetery. It's known as the Calvary Hill Cemetery, and it's completely covered in vibrant green grass with a few mature pine trees on top. The place's peaceful atmosphere gave me an eerie feeling. We did not encounter any hauntings, but we found a woman full of grease in the area. She approached us and tried to talk to us. Her yellowish to brownish teeth became evident as she smiled. We covered our noses due to her noxious odor. To scare her away, one of my buddies began throwing stones at her. Another friend threw some guavas, which she picked up on her way to that location. The woman sobbed as we kept hurling guavas and stones at her. Then, she attempted to run after us. She shouted cursing words as we hurried back to our own homes. That same night, while I was about to sleep in my room, I heard scratches on the window. When I checked, I found a broken portion of the glass, and the window was already open. I peeked outside the window, and to the corner of our yard, I saw a dark figure of a lady who was staring at me. I made a huge commotion and angrily took a baseball bat and went outside to confront the woman. But she was already gone when I arrived. 
After that incident, I inquired about a woman in the cemetery and was told that she was a homeless woman who preferred staying at the cemetery after her daughter died. They also said that her husband left her and her relatives also abandoned her. The next few days, I became sleepless and became paranoid because I was getting signs that someone was living in my room aside from me. It went to the point where I was waking up at night with a swollen face. It felt that I was being slapped and sometimes spat on. Take note that these happened even with my parents inside the room and even beside me in the bed. My father confronted the homeless woman and they talked in local dialect. My father was convinced that it was not the woman in the cemetery that was doing it because she was so emaciated she could hardly stand. He saw her holding a picture of her daughter. She was taking care of the photo as if it was a precious gem. My parents stayed in my room that night. They were guarding me while I was sleeping. I woke up from time to time and saw my mother caressing my hair. My father would occasionally glance out the window and go back to bed. Around midnight, I felt something heavy on my chest. I opened my eyes and my room was pitch black. I couldn't move my hands and feet. I could sense that my parents were beside me, so I opened my mouth to ask for help. To my surprise, I could not say a single word, but heard myself bubbling unintelligible words. When my eyes got accustomed to the darkness, I saw the silhouette of a lady standing on my chest. She was all black except for her eyes and teeth. Her eyes were scarlet red and full of hate towards me. She then sat down on my chest and her long hair soon covered my face. She grinned at me while holding my neck. Her two hands got a full grasp of my neck and her grip became more intense. I was being suffocated and felt that the walls of her house were closing in on me. The lights suddenly turned on and I saw my father near the switch while my mother was touching my shoulders to wake me up. You were having a nightmare, my mother mentioned. But we heard disembodied footsteps from our bed going straight to the window, and the window's glass shattered again. It was like someone went out of the window. That's when we realized that whatever was happening to me might be supernatural. Then came the darkest of my experience. I was possessed by the entity that tortured me greatly to the point of almost taking my life. I developed scrapes and bruises that were sometimes self-inflicted. My arms and legs were tied to the four corners of my bed to prevent me from hurting myself. I kept on shouting and cursing. There were times that my body levitated which scared my parents. These events were later told to me by my mother because I had no recollection of these events. Back then, I just remembered that I was in a pitch black room all alone, scared and crying my heart out. In desperation, my parents called in a spiritualist, otherwise known as Insupak, to help me. He was an elderly man and his formula for an exorcism was straightforward. 
he stood below me and grabbed the soles of my feet. He then did some hand stroking and said, Spirit who makes this person sick, go away. This he repeated over and over again, whispering softly, and frequently exhaling his breath to aid the departure of the spirit. Just like blowing away the dust, but the exhalation was an open mouth, out breathing, and not a strong blowing. While the elder was doing his ritual, he was horrified to see a filthy entity that attached itself to me. He mentioned that she was piggyback riding me. She had a dark overall figure with an evil eye. I am the daughter of the poor woman that you harmed, the Insupak said as he closed his eyes and spoke in the woman's voice. You had no respect for an elderly woman. You deserve to die. He pointed at me and groaned in a high-pitched voice. At that point, the glasses in the furniture in the room shattered and some furniture was lifted and smashed to the floor repeatedly. It produced a pounding sound that terrified my parents. My father is a policeman and he was known to be brave, but that incident was too much for him. He just embraced my mother in the corner of the room to protect her. The elderly man's voice shifted from his usual voice to that of the woman's daughter. His voice echoed commands for her to leave, while the other voice was filled with guffawing and howling. After a tedious night of fighting with the malignant spirit, I was finally delivered from the possession. But the torture took a great toll on me, and I was hospitalized. I also learned that my friends were also haunted, and the haunting stopped when the homeless woman was sent to a social welfare institution. That's the story for this week. What do you guys think? Honestly, I'm liking the series so far and I think Hermit Daniel's friends have really good experiences with the paranormal. If you guys are enjoying this, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this channel to your friends and family. If you want me to narrate your personal stories, please send them over at mralamatph at gmail.com. Salamat guys, and see you in the next one.